Okay, so uh, Nicholas Villars here. We uh, from one one half of Super Divorce. Bender is the other half of Super Divorce, and I'm I'm over here today. Yeah, and uh, we uh, we have a great show lined up for you tonight. Lovely show, a wonderful show. It's like a uh, this show is like a pinball. Right now, it's it's down in the reservoir, the pinball reservoir. Right before you pull the little doodad back mm-hmm. the handle and you launch it and it hits the pinball up into the machine you're about to experience that because we go all over the place yeah we kind of i'm not even like this so we start with beer me mm-hmm. and at this point three beers in i'm just like i don't even know what we talked about but just imagine like our topics go they just like progressively get crazier Really, I mean, really, they do, and it's great. It's like we pull back the plunger on the, the plunger. Pinball machine. That's what I was looking for. The we, plunger. We pull back the plunger and we shoot the ball, and that's like the first like thirty minutes of this cast. You know, it's shooting up the up the pipeline, and then like you get to minute like forty five or so, and the second half of the cast it's just the pinball like bouncing around <laughs> all the fucking nodes going ting 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 ting. Before you like get to hit it again, uh, it's 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 a you know it's good cast. It's a spicy meatball. It is a spicy meatball. Uh, it's spicy meatball number ninety three. Ninety three podcast. We've done this ninety three times. I cannot wait for a hundred. We should celebrate a hundred, even though we just did ninety. Yeah. We just did a ninety pizza party. We should still celebrate a hundred because that's like a big fucking deal. I have some ideas for a hundred. Oh, good deal. So All right, cool. Yeah. Cool. talk about that cool okay so um before we get you into this cast before we uh let go of the plunger <laughs> uh please go ahead and uh check out super divorce on spotify look for uh super divorce listen to our newest album it is 10 songs of synth pop what's the word 10 songs of synth pop loveliness loveliness and if you like what you hear, go on over to superdivorceme.com. Uh, pick up a copy on CD, which is a compact disc, cassette tape, or vinyl record. And also you could pick up a uh, Super Divorce Rules t-shirt to show everyone that you think we rule. Uh, a few other knickknacks available there. I was at Studio 85 the other day, and Butch was wearing a Super Divorce Rules t-shirt. And I was like, hey man, nice t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to see your t-shirt out in the It's wild. really cool. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so that that's that. And, uh, you know, follow me. I'm mostly on Twitter these days. I do a lot of tweeting and, and liking and retweeting. Uh, I'm just at Nicholas Villars. Bender, uh, where can they find you? I still uh, frequent Instagram mostly where you can find me at Bender Butt. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, uh, I believe it's at Bender Butts, plural. Uh, but please also head on over to Facebook and go up to that search bar and type in Monday Monster Movies. Check out my weekly show with my mom. Uh, we watch horror movies and then, uh, well, more than review, we sort of react to them. Basically, I'm trying to convince my mom to like horror movies. 
So I show her whatever I decide to show her, and she has to sit through it. And then we talk about it. So check out Monday Momster Movies on Facebook. Uh, you might be able to find us if you search Momster Movies, but somebody else has that domain name, so fuck them, right? Right. Uh, but yeah, BenderButt on Instagram, Moms- Monday Momster Movies on Facebook. And uh, with that... Please enjoy, please look forward to this episode of the Super Divorce Supercast. Enjoy, Enjoy, chefs. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Hey man, welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. Nicholas here. And Bender here. Oh, boy, we haven't done two in a row in uh, some time. It's been forever. Yeah. I mean, technically, the one last week was an old episode that we finally got posted. Right, but, but we only recorded a new one like a week before that. Yeah. So yeah. it still feels you know very consistent yeah. in a way. So I don't know exactly what we're going to talk about today, but... Yeah, we didn't prepare, but that's all right. It was just more like, just like getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, it's you know? about just doing it. Yeah. You know? So... And we even we were even doing it. We started with um, a Super Divorce gets beer video. Yeah. So there's there's all kinds of new stuff on the way. So speaking of Super Divorce gets beer, that leads into beer me. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So uh, what do we got here, Bender? We have uh, the Trogs, Troegs. We're not really sure. Brewing uh, independent brewing Trojanator, a double Bach beer. It's handcrafted by the Trogs. Yeah, Trogs, by the tro- Trogs, Trogs, Trogs. Who knows? We were it's, trying to figure out what the two dots above the O. Mean. Yeah, how you're supposed to like say it if if a word has that marking. Maybe I can look it up real quick. Is there any description for for you to read? Does it have a story? Well, it is eight point two percent alcohol. <laughs> it's bronze in color. It's twelve fluid ounces. They serve it year-round. Uh, there are Magnum and German Northern Brewer hops in it. Mm. Or it just says hops. I'm not really sure which is which. Uh, but let's see. Uh, it says, Monks had fasting figured out. No food, no problem. Just drink a double bock. Thick and chewy with intense notes of caramel, chocolate, and dried stone fruit. Nader, as we call him, Serves as a tribute to this liquid bread style. Thick and chewy. Yeah. Have you ever had a drink that was described as chewy? Guinness. Is it described as chewy? Well, my dad always did. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, growing up, they always... He'd order Guinness and be like, oh, so good, so thick you can chew it. Yeah. All right, well, here you go. Cheers. Cheers. That is thick. That's good. That's that's a beer. Man. For some beer. reason, something about the way this tastes makes me want to record an episode of Super Scary. Yes. You get that? I do get that. It tastes like Super Scary. <laughs> it's got that classic Super Scary flavor. Yeah. I um, When I was out last night with Dynamite, um, Klaus 
asked me if I would uh, curate like a horror double feature for because he shows I guess in late summer in the fall he last year he was doing movie screenings on like an outdoor projector mm-hmm. in his like backyard and uh, he was like I want to get that going again and I really want you to sort of to, to curate and host like a horror double feature night and I was like hell yeah I am That's all about cool. that yeah I'll put some good <clears throat> stuff together do you have any are you like uh, having any immediate thoughts on what you want to do for well it? I mean I'd like to do you know I'd like to go with themes so you could you could easily do, you know, one of my favorite themes, the summer camp slasher and show sleepaway camp and the burning back to back, which is like fucking awesome. Um, I don't know. You could do anything. You could do underground slashers and you could show like the mutilator and intruder. Um, you could do like terrible alien movies and show, uh, what was that movie? Contamination. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, like, uh, f- you do Argento night because I have Suspiria and Tenebrae, like, or Phenomena, do something like that. Be really cool. By the way, I looked this up. The uh, the two dots above the O. Mm-hmm. I thought this is what it was called. It was the umlaut? R- yeah, or the umlaut? Uh huh. Um. In many languages, the letter O, uh, or the modified O, with an umlaut, is used to denote the non-close front-rounded vowel. Um, so what does that mean? Because that's not a very good explanation. No, it's not. In my opinion. I don't know what that means. Does that mean it's... Tre... Uh, non-closed mouth, so it's not like ooh, it's like trow, trowgs. Um, how? Let's look this up. How to pronounce uh, an umlaut? Umlaut. How to pronounce an umlaut? Uh, this is it's a YouTube video. How to pronounce? <laughs> Three vowels in the German language have an umlaut. A, O, and U. A with an umlaut becomes E. O with an umlaut becomes So we're drinking some Trigs. And it's the Triginator. Yeah. Okay. Does that have an umlaut too? No, that no. One doesn't have it. Oh, it doesn't? So that's the Trojanator, right? Well, but the just... but it's handcrafted by the Trugs brothers. So I would have to assume that if they put that part of their name in the name of the beer, they wouldn't yeah, drop Yeah, but then it would be Trugenator. <laughs> uh, maybe that's what the dot in the middle stands for. Instead of putting it on top, they put it in the middle just to throw people off a little bit. Maybe. Does it say it on the back? Mm-mm. Hmm. We need some more description, Trugs. Uh, um, I'm going to go with a Truginator. <laughs> okay. I think that's what it should be. All right. 
It's double Bach beer. It is. It's, it's quite delicious. It's got a cool red and black can, too. It does. Yeah, I like this can a lot. Yeah. Little yeah. little graphic on the front. Yeah. Little, like, troll-looking guy. Or, you know, true-looking guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. True. Yeah. Stop trolling me online. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so... So, uh... We've been uh, pretty active on YouTube lately. You've been pretty active on YouTube. Well, uh, the the royal we, yeah. as, as the dude says, that's Dick true. Radowski. It's like just, it's not just me under my name. I'm right, right. Doing it from Super Divorces page, I'm trying to build that up. Been doing, uh, yeah. Um, we're at one fifty seven on subscribers right now. It's not bad. No, doing at least one live video every day. Uh huh. And. Uh, Live videos are fun when people join the chats. You know, then you how's can... that happen much? Yeah, a little bit. We've got um, there's one regular. I'll shout him out. Uh, his name is Hello There. Yeah, and it's yeah. Obi Wan's picture, so I just call him Obi Wan. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he's been a regular. He's he's been following all the sequential Star Wars stuff. Cool. And um, he actually responded to one of the videos the other day. Uh, and I could tell he listened to the episode because he referenced a challenge that we threw out in the middle of it. Yeah. Where you might remember the scene in Attack of the Clones where Anakin tells Padme that her presence is very soothing. Yeah, is that is that around the time where he talks about how he hates sand? Yes. <laughs> or wait, is that... At the no, same conversation? No, that's, it's a little earlier, I think. I think it's after he has his nightmare. And she walks out oh, onto the right. out onto when the they're veranda. still on Coruscant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he tells her then. He said, "Don't go. Yeah. Your presence is soothing." Yeah, yeah. So we, but he says it in like the most. It's like such a robotic, like kind of creepy way, you know. Um, yeah. Especially to someone who's not like his longtime lover or anything. Right. Just he's somebody just like, he hasn't seen since he was nine years old. Yeah, he's just had a crush on her for ten years. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he tells her that. So it was like, we'll, we'll like to get the, uh, your presence is very soothing challenge going. And just <laughs> anyone who has a significant other, tell them that and report back with your findings, see how they took it. And, uh, so Obi-Wan reported back and he said that, uh, he told his girlfriend that when they were laying in bed and, <laughs> and she like, she thought it was weird. He, he told her again. And she got kind of annoyed, uh-huh. and then he told her again, and she she took it pretty well, like the third time. Uh-huh. So it was like the moral of the story is that persistence is key, just like oh, Anakin. You just okay. have to keep keep pursuing, <laughs> keep You're, being like yo on a bone. Yeah, and eventually, eventually, don't eventually. really don't really do that. No, though. no, like, but if but if George Lucas, if uh, George Lucas would have you believe. You know that this is a great, great love story. Yeah, like that's that's the message. You know, you can not see someone for ten years. Yeah, after knowing them really as an acquaintance, it's like, you know, it's not like they shared a, a deeply intimate connection. Right. He's a little kid, mm-hmm. and she's got to be, I don't know, fifteen. Yeah, probably. She's supposed to be. Yeah. So, just hold on to those feelings tightly and then 
you can go 10 years without seeing someone. You're like, yo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> presence is very soothing. I've thought about you every night. Yeah. It soothes me. <laughs> you soothe me. You're not, you're, you're everything smooth and soft in this world or something. You are Rob Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should make a mashup. Uh, yeah. Like, a, what do they call those? There's some name for it within, like, the fan community when you take scenes from a movie and you, like, set it to uh, an established song. Uh-huh. But to do that with, like, scenes of Padme and Anakin with the Rob Thomas and Santana song, song. playing in the background. That would be funny. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. And I feel like there was another guy who did it, too. Or am I thinking of... There's another Santana song with Chad Kroger. It's not the same one, is it? No. No, Rob Thomas does Smooth. I think that's like literally, besides like what that other song, Black Magic or whatever it is, Black Magic Woman, I think those are the only two Santana songs that I know. Uh... Oh, and the Vanessa Carlton one. You have to know the one with Chad Kroger. It's not the Rob Thomas one, I know that. It was Chad Kroger did a version and then another singer from a band maybe called The Calling. Does that sound right? Do you remember that a band is a called band. The Calling? I think their singer might have done a version and they were both played on the radio like at the same time. Just different singers. Ooh, that is tough. Like, I do not I know. I said, why won't you and I fly to the moon and mm. be together forever? Heads we win, tails we try yeah. again. Yeah, it was that. Chad Kroger did one version, and then the other guy. Really? I, can't, I don't know who it was. I wouldn't be able to tell you either. Did the, another version? Yeah, and they were both like hits simultaneously Wow. at the same time. Like, I've never seen that happen before. I wonder if Chad Kroger and Santana wrote it, and then The Calling covered it. No, no. No? It was like, because it was like, you'd hear it on the radio, and they'd say, and that was Santana with blah, blah, blah whatever that guy's name or and that was Santana with Chad Kroger from really? Nickelback he did, he did the same song with two vocals yeah and released them like at the same time interesting and they were both big radio hits we should have a featured vocalist <laughs> two featured vocalists on the same song on our next album yeah. and release we should put like one vocalist recording on one half of the cds and the other vocalist recording on the other half of the cds and then release them and only people that have listened to this podcast will know well we could do it easily we could do it easily what if we just if like you sang one song yeah but and then on another version i sang the whole song yeah that would be fun and you don't know which uh which, which you're copy gonna you're gonna get or what song it is until you hear it mm-hmm. so you have to listen to the whole damn album <laughs> twice <laughs> well no probably wants to figure it out wants to figure Maybe. it out and then you'd have to like figure out the other how to find the other song possibly have to listen to it twice if it's track 10 on both you know yeah that then you'd have to get all the way through and right yeah we would we could release them keep them separate for a you few months keep them separated yeah you gotta keep them separated for a couple months you know, play some shows back and forth at the shows, you know, you never know what you're going to get. But then eventually, like after, not too long after, just like release uh, versions on Spotify with like our names after them. Yeah. You know, like version one, version two or something like that. Or, 
you know, Valar's version and Bender version. It's a good idea. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be really fun. I'd like to, I'd like to have a bit more vocal presence on the next album. I think it'd be I don't cool. See why not? Yeah, we could trade off a little bit, a little bit more. Maybe some get some verses in there. Mm-hmm. I still want to do the backup like silly stuff. Yeah, of course. Because that's, I mean, that's integral to our sound, but. We do have different styles, so it works out. We do. You know, we have di- very different vocal styles. So whatever that song is, we'll have to write something that that we can both perform. Mm-hmm. You know, in the same range and such. Right. So that way we can both. Or we off. we just we do the same song, the same music, but we perform it in very different ways. Well, that could be fun too. You know, that could be very interesting. We're all about having fun around here. Yeah, just you know, doing what we do. Yeah. It's like you do you. And it's not the fake you do you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're really doing us. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say you do you, but they mean you do you as long as it's a you that I like. Right. So, you know. But if people say you do you to us, we're going to do it whether they like it or not. Right. But we won't. We won't uh, disrespect you as fans. No, no, we're not. We're not owned by Disney. We're very appreciative of our fans. Don't even get me started. <laughs> like this, you. This has been just a months long, ongoing conversation. Almost every time we hang out now, it's like we used to bash IPAs whenever we hung out. Yeah, and now we just bash Disney. <laughs> Like, and the well, state of Star Wars. And- IPAs are openly hostile to, toward us. <laughs> <laughs> IPAs haven't done anything necessarily. We just hate them. Yeah, we just don't like them. Disney, you know? on the other hand, is really kind of gunning for us, and yeah. we're not having it. it w- it'd be like if um, if we did like IPAs, and they, they started changing all the IPAs into stouts. And then we're like, well, maybe IPAs just aren't for you anymore. Yeah. And be like, well, no, no, uh, we're big IPA fans, but, uh, but you're, you're just not giving us IPAs. These are stouts. (laughs) Like, no, no, no. We, we say those are IPAs. That's what IPAs are now. Maybe (laughs) this is what it is now. Now IPAs are stouts. Yeah. And you just have to continue drinking IPAs or get the fuck out. Yeah. Maybe it's just not for you anymore. Yeah. Think of that? Yeah. Maybe it's not for you anymore. That's my favorite. Maybe you're just... Maybe this thing that you've loved for 40 years just isn't for you anymore. Maybe you should just move on. Maybe you should just find something else to like. It's like, well, maybe you should just find something else to destroy. Um, something that doesn't have like a 40-year fandom built up that is you know there are there are disagreements amongst star wars fans of course yeah everyone's got their own favorite you know uh some people actually like the prequel trilogy i would say i like the prequel trilogy we've established this yeah i enjoy the prequel trilogy I... i think that but it's still it's almost like even people who you would call like prequel apologists um are still, for the most part, from my experience, my lived experience, is that I've found that people 
who like the prequels will still admit that the original trilogy is the best. I don't know if I've met anyone who thinks that the prequels are better than the original trilogy. No, I agree with that. I don't think they're better. I just enjoy them. Right. And I've said before that part of the reason um, I enjoy them is because they came out at a specific time in my life. Not that I was like struggling with something and the prequels like saved me. <laughs> I just was young. Yeah. I was 11, 12, you know, 13, 14 years old, which is just kind of like at that time, it was like, fuck yeah, like I this is cool. I didn't I didn't really know better. Uh, I grew up watching the uh, enhanced versions of the original trilogy, we'll say. So, and I, for a long time, until I was enlightened, um, I preferred, like, the the newer versions of the originals because I had them on VHS, and you'd pop them in, and there was a featurette beforehand. And this is one of the reasons, also, that I love watching bonus features now. Because this these tapes would show the behind-the-scenes things before the movie. Sometimes I'd fast-forward, but like I got accustomed to watching them, and I would watch them frequently. Anyways, I remember thinking to myself, like as like a nine-year-old kid, popping in you know, Return of the Jedi or something, and they would be like, this is what the original looked like. And then it, it would screen wipe, yeah. and there was like all this new shit in it. And I was like, that's yeah like hell yeah nine-year-old me was like it looks so much better um so then when 12 year old me went and saw episode one i was just like all about it like yes this is awesome like this is totally star wars uh you know whatever and so those movies just hold a special nostalgia for me because i remember all of them coming out i remember being in the theater for episode two and like flipping my shit when Yoda pulled out a lightsaber. Like just being like, oh my god! Like, you know what I mean? And that's that's my nostalgia. I was there for those Star Wars movies to be released. These movies that I had loved growing up were older. I wasn't there for the fandom. You know, I just I liked Star Wars. My dad had the tapes, you know, he liked Star Wars too. But I like latched onto it, and then something came out right at that time in my life, and so like I like the prequels for that. It's a huge nostalgia thing. Did I grow to be like the original cut of the trilogies, no CGI, no whatever, are God, and they're better than the prequels? Yeah, of course. Like watching them nowadays, objectively, I can absolutely say that. Like, yes, the original trilogy is better than the prequels, but I'll watch the prequels any day. I feel like you being such a big fan of older horror movies probably helped you uh, come to respect the original trilogy a little bit more. Because you can imagine what it'd be like if they went back in, because you know what effects look like in some old horror movies, you know? Yeah. And it's like, but it's, it's a part of it, you know? Um the the campiness of the original evil dead yeah for instance it's like uh you know Raimi Raimi did it right he just made a new evil dead that 
echoes the original. Right. You know? But if he would have been like, oh, well, I have access to computers and all new effects, I can go back in and fix the original Evil Dead and make Digitally it Digitally enhance. Yeah. It's like, I can make it look the way that I wanted it to look back then, but I had to use these effects, so I'm going to... I'm gonna fancy it up with computers. It's like it wouldn't it wouldn't work, you know. The you're not gonna be dealing with kids at that point, you know. Kids aren't gonna be really going and watching Evil Dead, so you'd you'd only have the longtime fans reacting to it, and no one would be about that, you know. So uh, you can you can understand why longtime Star Wars fans would reject their movies being tampered with, right? You know. Yeah. So it's just like people grow to love the thing that they were presented that they were given at a certain time that's what it is mm-hmm. and it's like if you want to improve on that in the future that's fine that's great um but you, you watch some of the stuff that he did in the remasters just like too much at this point yeah if you go back and watch him now uh yeah. some of the cartoony stuff but you know? you know it's it's interesting in a way there's one particular scene in it must be in a new hope and it's real quick when they're entering Mos Eisley. Okay. And I can't remember what the creature is called, but the, the Jawas ride on its back. There's a toy of it. Like it has a name. I can't remember. It looks like a, a, a hefty giraffe. Okay. Lizard. And it's not a dewback that the stormtroopers ride. It's a much larger animal. Anyways, um, there's an, an edited scene where it just shows like a quick cut of sort of the general marketplace and this speeder bike kind of like veers through it and the, this creature with some Jawas on its back like kind of rears up like a horse and one of the Jawas comes off like swinging, you know, trying to get a hold of it. Up until that time in the movies you hadn't seen a speeder bike that looked particularly like the one they edited in it's almost like the difference if the speeder bikes they ride on endor are like crotch rockets this was like a chopper yeah speeder bike you know but it is extremely similar to if not exactly the same as the speeder bike that you ride in the N64 game Shadows of the Empire. There's a speeder bike level when you're Dash Rendar and you, you know, you have to like kind of race to the end of this thing and you can like bump people and knock them off their, you know, blow them up and stuff. Um so it kind of goes along with like our canon discussion earlier. In a way, like yes, I agree that like he really should have left him alone. But even in trying to uh, re-edit them and improve them like graphically, there was stuff in there that was a nod to other things in the Star Wars universe, whether it was an intentional or not. But like, there's this huge, you know, this cross weave, this all of these connecting strings that uh, they really worked hard in the old EU. Which, for those of you that don't know, is Expanded Universe. Now Just Legends. So now Legends. They're still producing those stories, but they're called Legends. They are not canon in the Star Wars universe. Not that you should be worried about that anyway, according to Chuck, Chuck Wendig. Wendig. Fuck that guy. 
So, uh, you know, I I agree. I think that some of the stuff in the remasters is cool. I think that if George Lucas would have only maybe messed with like like really kind of background stuff, you know, right? Um, like making some of the uh, some of the expanse of like vistas in 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 wide open scenes a little more vibrant right kind of just look a little more fantasy space like right maybe edit the skies a little to have more ships yeah exactly like flying through them yeah i think the thing is when you get to um like into uh into jabba's palace you know and and like this some of the wacky characters that he added in you know just uh what is the there's like a band playing or something yeah and she's yeah. like all cgi yeah i think and it like gets up in the camera like almost breaking the fourth wall type of shit where almost. it's like yeah it's like staring directly at you and like its lips are flapping all crazily right. and it's like it's it's what i i've talked about it on the stuff andrew and i've been going over when it was like jar jar is like roger rabbit that's how it hits me he's so out of place when you watch that movie mm-hmm. it's just uh it's it's really tough to pay attention to what's going on when he's in any scene because he's he's so strange he's just like he's obviously not made of the same stuff as any of the other characters he's a cartoon character right you know and you have to like keep forcing yourself to say okay you know he's he's actually there he's part of this movie he's right. part of the plot he's a real character i have to accept that right somehow you know and and uh maybe it didn't have to be that way because i don't know if you i'm i feel like you might know this but they actually had like a suit made for the actor Mm -hmm. and he shot like the whole movie that way in a suit in a suit like in a in a jar jar suit that they spent a lot of money making and he like wore the head on top of a a cap or something yeah i think i've seen it before yeah but they went through the whole movie like that and he got like the movements down and he kind of had the the gait and everything and it was a little weird um but then george lucas found out that it would have been it was cheaper to cg the entire character than to just cg the head on top which is what they were going to do originally that's why they made this suit it's like they were going to go through all the scenes and it was like he was acting. There was going to be a real guy there. You'd see a real body moving around next to like Ewan McGregor and everyone else. But they would just CG the head on top. And then someone told him at one point, it's like, oh, well, we talked to the people doing the, the computer graphics and we found out that it's actually going to be cheaper to just CG out him entirely and put a CG version of Jar Jar Binks in all the shots. And he's like, oh, well, let's do that then. And that's that's why it's so noticeable it's like maybe it wouldn't have been it might have been i'm not saying the character would have been any better right i'm just saying it might not have pulled your attention away as much i wonder i wonder how that would have looked though because you know considering the cg of the time it wasn't horrible you know no but it had that like that weird especially like big action sequences it had that weird harry potter playing quidditch in the first movie vibe to it or the original yeah. spider-man with toby Maguire, yeah when he's swinging around and he just looks like a rag doll kind of like jelly no bones you mm-hmm. know um 
I think that's the, they didn't quite have the human form down yet. Right. Like it wasn't. It wasn't quite there. But like, I wonder. I wonder how, if it would have been more of a disconnect, even to have a real body with a CGI head on top of it. You know, like. Yeah, I don't know. I I almost, I almost, and it might be coming from like my nostalgia and love for the movie um i'm almost coming from a point where like i don't i'd rather they like go full one way or the other it's like if you're gonna do if you're gonna do um a suit like do a full do a mask Mm -hmm. and and do animatronics in the mouth and eyes yeah and just have a puppet puppeteer like do the facial expressions well i wonder why they couldn't do that like that's another strange idea to me especially like when you've i don't know i mean yoda looks really good in episode one um and that's still frank oz using a I'm puppet at you. Oh, puppeteering okay. is he puppeteering in yeah in episode one because it's funny there's a featurette and it's like it's uh yeah, it's a scene of Frank Oz, and he's talking to George Lucas. And they're, like, staring at a monitor. And I can't remember which character it is. Oh, I think it's Watto. Uh-huh. And uh, they're watching a scene of him after he's been inserted with CG, you know. And Frank Oz is like, wow. He's like, you're not, soon you're not going to need me anymore. And you George, told me about this. Yeah, and George Lucas is like, oh, we're always going to need you. And then in episode two, Yoda's completely CG. So it's like, well, you needed him for his voice, but right. as far as him being a, a puppeteer, you know, very renowned, one of the best ever. Right. It's like, well, you just, you took that away from him. And he, yeah, you don't need him. You just replaced everything with CG. Um, so I don't know. That's a little unfortunate, I think. And I was really glad that, like... I was really glad that Abrams made a point to sort of return Star Wars to the uh, practical effect realm. Which, oddly enough, I feel like... Has had like a resurgence in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's like Ready Player One, which is just how much fucking CGI can we put in this movie? I still haven't seen that yet, by I, the way. I haven't either. I don't really care to, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but I think within horror movies, the good ones, and uh, really, I mean, within Star Wars, it was like we need to get back to this age of practical effects because with technology advancing in CGI, there's also been advancements in puppeteering and animatronics and robotics and all that kind of stuff that make these things that you want to do possible in the real world. That's well, that's something I thought was so strange about seeing these new play sets from kind of one of those. Oh yeah, absolutely. This Um, is, strong beer yeah you feeling it oh my god yeah i was like halfway done with my beer and i was like what the fuck is happening what is it 8.5 yeah yeah 
That's good. It's good. And it's, it's you don't get that alcohol bite either. No. It's so smooth. Yeah, we've had some beers that have been like around this percentage where you can really taste it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a struggle. To, no, that, this is good stuff. Trig. Okay. Um, but yeah, with the new playsets from Hasbro, the new Star Wars playsets, they're just like pieces of cardboard. And it's like when you see that the ones they were releasing in the late 70s are like the best... It makes you wonder, like, what the hell is going on? Because, again, like you said, technology in practical effects has certainly advanced right. since then. Well, now you've got 3D printing. So you could imagine you, you could imagine any sort of playset you want, and you could actually have it in real life. Motherfucking, no, just... they're talking about, you know, I see you see Facebook videos from, like, goddamn Now This or uh, The Dodo or whatever, some bullshit news website. But they're like, hey, in Ecuador, they're 3D printing houses for $5,000. Yeah. Like, just 3D print some damn playsets. Yeah. Apparently, it's cheap as hell. Like, if you can print a whole fucking house out of cement for $5,000, like, why don't you print us some cheap plastic? Well, the profit margin has to be so insane. That like that's what they're, they're producing, the cost of what they're producing versus what they expect on return. Yeah, because it's like okay, a few pieces of cardboard and you're selling it for forty dollars. Like, I I just and it makes you know it like I, we talked about before we started this cast. It makes the hardcore fans who will buy like regardless of quality. Now, granted, we were talking about like stories yeah but it's like i i've gotten to a point where i feel like i can afford to kind of collect toys uh and i don't want to buy that i don't why would you just shitty it's just a bunch of fucking cardboard with one plastic figure it doesn't even it's not even like the the art or the backgrounds on the cardboards like really cool Mm -mm. um it's just like it's generic. It's like the most generic background you can It doesn't just stamp say Star on. Wars. No. It says no effort. It's like I was thinking, okay, well this might be this type of configuration, just a few planks of cardboard that kind of stack on top of each other might be good for a collector to sit action figures on if it looked really good, but it doesn't. It doesn't even look really good. So then you've taken now it's not something that kids can play with because um even if you've got a kid who takes good care of his toys that type of shit you know like i said it's like it's what they make like modular tabletop dungeon tiles out of right and that stuff you'll notice when people are playing those games they're not slamming the figurines down and 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 throwing them across the table like, you gingerly move the characters across them. And then when you're done, you stack them up nice and neat and you put them away. If a kid's playing with one of those playsets that I showed you tonight that's just made out of cardboard and they're blasting dudes against the wall and shit that you want to do when you're playing with toys, it's going to last maybe a, a few days. Well, that or it's going to take, like, two brothers sitting down playing toys and one of them's going to be like, I killed you. And the other one's going to get mad and kick the thing. And you're yeah. done. Yeah. 40 bucks down the drain. And that's it because they connect together using those little tabs. Right. So it's like 
as soon as one of those gets frayed or bent up, you can't even put it back together anymore. And then it's just like, no, nope, well, we'll recycle that. That's that's and that's it. And so your parents are not going to buy you another one, not for forty dollars. No, no one should buy any of those to begin with. I hope those sit on the shelves and they think about what they've done. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Dad Nick. Think about what you've done, Star Wars. Really, maybe. But, um, no, that's not what they're going to do. They're going to say, uh, maybe maybe playsets aren't for you. Maybe playsets play aren't for you anymore. It's like, uh, no, they're not for me. They're for my kid, and my kid doesn't even want them. Yeah. I don't want to spend $40 on some piece of shit my kid's going to ruin because, like, I love my kid, but, like, he's a child. He plays yeah. with toys the way you're supposed to play with toys. Well, there's a reason toys are made out of plastic. You can slam them into each other and throw them across they the room. They don't sell cardboard like... action figures. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And that's why it's weird that some of the action figures look so good. It's not like they're releasing cardboard play sets and also books of pop-out cardboard figures figures that, you know, you play with in elementary Which, school like, or something. Which, like, would be fine in a, in a way. If you sold a play set that you had to pop out of paper and build... With a book of characters that you could pop out and stand up, and you sold it at like Michaels and Hobby Lobby, genius. Well, Love that's it. totally different. They used yeah. to have. I don't know if you remember this. Maybe, I don't know. You might have been a little young for this. Just a few years. Yeah. Because I remember uh, these little play sets. I don't, I'm using air quotes. Um, it would be like uh, just a sheet. Whoop. It's like a sheet with some sort of uh like a background graphic i'm thinking of a ninja turtles one for for right now and it was like so you've got almost like a game board uh-huh for like a board game but it's it's kind of like a uh, it's like a glossy finish on top okay and it came with a bunch of characters that were how do i describe this they weren't magnets it's like they were like a flimsy plastic okay. and you could stick them onto this board and they would stay. Uh-huh. And so it was like, it came with all the turtles and then it had like shredder and Krang and like foot soldiers and stuff. And, and so like you could put this board up and you could stick the Ninja turtles wherever you wanted them to. And then you could stick the other guys where you wanted and you could kind of move them around and put them in different places. Right. They weren't so like, permanent. Right. Yeah. And, and you could like, I remember playing with them. They weren't as fun as playing with like real action figures, but it was probably something that cost me like between five and ten bucks. Right. It's like that. It's kind of like that. Uh, I just I recall. Um, I know. I kind of know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know if I ever had one or anything like that, but you know, just talking like old toys and stuff. Like I 100% can picture what you're talking about. But then like there's that old episode of comic book men where kevin smith buys like the marvel playset that's like dr strange's house and everything and it just comes with like cardboard standees of all the marvel yeah. characters mm -hmm. it was like some classic playset that walt flanagan had when he was a kid yeah and kevin buys it for him for his birthday i remember that one yeah it's like, he spends like six hundred dollars on it you know mm -hmm. or whatever but it's just like 
you know, if Star Wars was doing that, you have to go like all in. Yeah. But they're selling cardboard playsets with fairly decent plastic figures. Yeah. Some of the well, those ones, the black series that I said kind of remind me of G.I. Joe's looked really cool. Yeah. Like I wanna I'd I'll probably buy that Boba Fett at least. Mm-hmm. That one looked really cool. And then the Bosque because there was a in a joke about him uh in the uh I think it was episode two of episode two's sequential star wars episode two <laughs> episode two yeah we were, did we were, andrew joke about bosk um we t- we were we started talking about the bosk versus the bartlett pear they're two different types of pears okay. there might be more than that but the big two i think are the bosk and the bartlett and bosk is a, is a type of pear so, oh 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 literally a pair like yeah like fruit. okay yeah like in real life i was like yeah. pears i was like boss doesn't have a partner no no sorry i didn't emphasize the spelling yes but like the fruit the pear there is a type of pear called the bosk pear okay and, then and the bartlett and the pear. bartlett yeah okay so yeah so you're joking about that yeah okay so i might have to maybe i'll get the maybe i'll get the whole line because they're all yeah they're at, all really uh, cool i was at five below today and they had the like I don't, I don't, I don't remember, Jesus, I don't remember who put them out, but do you remember the, uh, Lazarus has a bunch of them, this, the, like, the figures you could, like, unclip and put them oh, back yeah. together, yeah. change mashups or something? Uh, I know what you're talking about, yeah, I can't uh, remember the name of them, they've done them for a bunch of different franchises, yeah, yeah there's, like, DC, Marvel, Star Wars, Transformers, mm-hmm. like, mashers or something i can't remember anyways they had at five below which as you know is a store where you can buy everything for five dollars or less uh a bunch of those figures and they had a bosk one and i was like that's kind of cool kind of cool you don't get a lot of bosk merchandise yeah i almost bought it but i ended up buying paranorman on blu-ray instead Mm, i think that was a mistake paranorman though yeah but why not you said it was under five, right? Why not buy both of them? Yeah. Because I bought other stuff for, like, the office at work. You think it's still there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have, like, four of them. Oh. I would go back and get one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've made you feel bad about they it. They also had um, an Inquisitor <clears throat> from uh, Rebels. Uh-huh. I thought that was kind of neat. I was like, oh, oh Okay. Have you watched Rebels yet? No. Me neither. I know Thrawn's in it, but I haven't watched it. I The animated stuff, <clears throat> like, I know that it's supposed to be really good story-wise, and it's canon, but I just have a really, really hard time with that CGI animation. I don't necessarily like it, um, but I'm excited, probably just because I've watched episode one and two in pretty quick succession and talked a lot about them, obviously, right? as you've seen. So it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of, uh, I don't know. You've been a big fan for a long time. I've always kind of liked Star Wars, but I feel like I'm just, I'm just really getting into it. Yeah. And so so. I have a lot of, there were a lot of questions that I had after watching one and two. And I hope that the Clone Wars will fill in the answers to a lot of those things, even though that's still, it's not good. I'll say that. It's like, when I watch episode one and I watch episode two, I feel like the Star Wars main entries 
should be self-contained stories that explain everything that you need to know you know mm-hmm. they they should not there should not be glaring plot holes where you talk to another you know like diehard fan like oh well you haven't read blah 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 and it's like well yeah i haven't but in my opinion um supplemental stories we can call them that novels graphic novels and shit that that stuff should be there to like delve further into the universe and answer things that like diehard fans might find intriguing i don't think that those things should be seen as a crutch to like save writers of the movies right from their ineptitude and and like oh yeah and shit i forgot to explain that so oh, well, we'll just fill it in in a novel it's like that's the wrong way of doing it in my yeah. opinion because you take the original trilogy and the original trilogy did it right in the sense that like you are telling this story of like Luke you're telling the Skywalker story I mean we've talked about how the entire franchise still at the moment is the Skywalker story which is fine Um, I don't mind it the first six movies are the Vader story Anyways, you start with episode four, and you've got you you have the loot the the son of Vader story rising up to you know redeem his father really, and throughout those movies, there are just like mentions, mere mentions of things. You know, the biggest one that I can think of is uh obi-wan when he first is like speaking to luke he one sentence he just says i fought with your father in the clone wars no explanation no backstory no context no nothing there was at some point there was a war and there were a bunch of clones in it i guess you know and then like they went back and did it you know, another thing would be like when Darth Vader uh, calls all of the bounty hunters to his Star Destroyer uh, to search out Luke, Han, and Leia. And you get that lineup of Bosk, Dengar, Forlom, Zuckus, Boba Fett, and IG-88, you know? And it's just like, here's a thing. Look at this thing. No other explanation. Boba Fett just kind of like sort of appears in Return of the Jedi whatever but my point is the point that I was getting at which I think we were talking about like old EU versus new EU I don't know I'm starting to lose it for real like holy shit this beer anyways the point that I'm getting at is that there were all of these nods in these movies but the movies still told a complete story yeah the movies started luke's story and like kind of you know it ended luke's story with redeeming his father in the context of those three films there's a lot more to luke's story but in the context of those three films there was like every question you had was kind of answered there were just little offshoot things that were like oh what's that oh what's this and what did they fucking do they made the expanded universe and talked about that shit 
Clone Wars, they, you know, they did movies of eventually, but like all the bounty hunters I mentioned got fucking like fleshed out as characters. Boba Fett would not be who he is without the expanded universe. The legends. The legends. And, but just like, you know, the what you're saying is like, you don't want to be, if you're going to do a core movie, an episodic movie, you don't want to have to like, wonder about all this other shit. You should only be wondering what's going to happen in the next movie. Yeah. Right. And then all you can easily, because the original trilogy did it, you can easily talk about things that you can eventually expand on otherwise. That's and that's how you build an EU. And like what we mentioned about what Chuck Wendig is that he's all just like, oh well, you know, I just want to tell Star Wars stories. Like, I don't understand why people are like so you're just being picky that you want everything to connect and all of these details to connect and blah 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 like I this is just a story in the Star Wars universe. It's like how fucking lazy are you? That and if they, that's if that's how you feel, why aren't you writing Star Wars Legends books, Chuck? Yeah. You know? If you don't care if your stuff fits in, write, write a legend. Yeah. Write a legend. Write a legend instead of writing has... a fucking canonical book. Yeah. He's that's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. He wants to be part of the new canon without having to do any of the work that it would would require of him. No. To you, Chuck Wendig, I say no. <laughs> I want a to you, Chuck Wendig, I say no t-shirt. <laughs> I'd wear it. I would wear it. To you, Chuck Wendig, I say no. <laughs> Next time he's at, like, something, some con, some yeah. shit, I don't know. I'm going to go to him. I will go to him wearing that shirt. Well, if you follow him on Twitter and you say... <sighs> One thing he doesn't like, he will probably block you. So if you like the distinction of being pl- blocked by Chuck Wendig, I you feel like I should try. You could probably make it happen. Is he like? Well, I don't. Want, I know you're not like a. You're. You're not a huge. You're not a Trump hater. No. It's like no. So is, I was gonna say, is he like Trump? He'll just block you if he hates oh, you. But no. Yeah. Well. Hey. But with Wendig, like. Yeah. You know, he, he probably, that's no, smaller but, prey. A yeah. smaller prey. Yeah. I could probably manage <laughs> could to piss it. him off and have him block me. He would block me because I'm not a Trump hater. Oh, is he? He's a, like, huge... Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, posts yeah. about it all the time? He will... But if you don't like him, he will assume that you're, like, a Nazi. Yeah, that's, like, the way people. that's... Yeah. Those people. <laughs> that's how it goes now. Yeah. There's, like, no in-between. I across in the recording. Uh, I don't know. I can. It'll it'll be like a huge spike. I'll just have to shrink it down a little bit. <laughs> It'd be good. Yeah, but Chuck Wendig. It would be fun. See if you can get blocked by Chuck Wendig within the next week. Maybe you can do it right now. I wonder if you could get blocked by Chuck Wendig during this podcast. I'm gonna. I'll try. I gotta find that tweet that he posted about like. Oh, I just want to tell stories. Yeah. Um. Oh, when was that? I have to pull that up. Chuck Wendig. You found Chucky? Chucky New York Times best-selling B-beard. Miriam Black, Atlanta Burns. Little Chucky Wendig. Chuck Wendig. Hold on, I can probably pull that picture up to see because I screen-capped it. Did you? It was on... Yeah, man, Twitter is like the worst 
I fucking hate it. It was July 19th. Oh, so it's it a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. And it's the worst. Is like, okay, here, tweets tweets and replies. Oh, first, first tweet when you scroll over to his tweets and replies. Yeah. Chuck Wendig replying to Dr. Gonzo123. Honestly, at this point, the Juggalos are welcome. Okay. I'm not talking bad about Juggalos. I just, I don't, I don't, for, I don't know. I don't <laughs> like that tweet, though. <laughs> like, you know. I, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk shit about the Juggalos. I just, yeah, we, for I don't, some reason. I don't know how much crossover what, we have. It took you this long to accept the Juggalos, Chuck Wendig. What yeah. the fuck are you doing? Yeah. That's on, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Well, at this point. At this point, my shit's so wacky. The Juggalos might as well enjoy it too. It's like the Juggalos are real people, Chuck. Yeah. Just like lesbians. Come on, Charles. Charles Wendig. Oh, oh, Chuck Wendig replying to Sam Skye's swears. Mm-hmm. Shit, that's some anal abracadabra, the evil brown eye, so to speak. That is so offensive. I am so offended by that tweet that, like, I'm pretty sure Disney should fire him. Oh, right below it. Right below it, Chuck Wendig, replying to Sam Skye's swears. Hmm, so some kind of rectal whammy jammy, huh? What's his deal? Right below that, Chuck Wendig, replying to Sam Skye's swears. What kind of butt curse? (laughs) Three tweets in a row, Chuck Wendig, talking about butts. He and should then, be fired. And this is the guy handling your Star Wars He should cannon. be fired immediately. Do you think you could write a better canon story than Chuck Wendig? That'd be tough. It's fucking hard. Well, you, he doesn't give a shit. So, no, I he mean, doesn't give a shit. You do care, so you, you already got a head start. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'm not a writer, so... But you could probably come up with a story. I could probably, I might be able to come up with a story. You give yourself a few months to like yeah, digest to really like what's canon right now. Be like, all right, well, here's this would be a good a good way to go. Chuck Wendig replying to Sam Sky's swears. Something, something about, about pooping. pooping. I, I fade, fade in, in and out. And out. <laughs> Blasphemy. We're there. We're there. Up oh, here's another one. Yeah. Same same deal. All it just says is asterisks. Poops. Chuck Wendig. He's an asshole. He sure talks about him enough. Oh, yeah. Disney fire Chuck Wendig. (laughs) I'm calling for it. He can go hang out with James Gunn. They can go and they can talk about... (laughs) You know, we've already talked about it. I've been seeing a lot of people not necessarily defending James... Well, I mean, essentially, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess defending James Gunn, saying that, like, Disney shouldn't have fired him based on stuff that happened ten years ago. And I think they're more... Not necessarily defending what he said, 
but more coming from a position of like, oh, we can't make bad jokes anymore. Kind of like what you were saying about like people in the UK being arrested for like for tweets for tweets. Yeah, I think I the way I perceive because I've not like really read and sat with it all, you know. But a lot of people on my Facebook, a lot of nerds mm-hmm. on my Facebook, are sort of going in that direction. Like, oh, you're going to fucking fire somebody for some shit they did 10 years ago? Like, Yeah, but these are, these are the same people who say that, that Ethan Van Skyver should be driven out of the comics industry in general because he wore a MAGA hat and was happy when Donald Trump won. And they literally say that he's a Nazi because he's not an extreme left winger it's like well you can't you can't have it both ways like you know especially when one's not even extreme it's like half the country voted for this person right do you think half of the u.s are nazis right no it's just like it's so it's so much hyperbole now it's like people just name calling and throwing fits because people don't feel the same way they do it's like i don't you know, I watched a video the other day that was, uh, it was from Vice, and I kind of go, I definitely go back and forth on Vice, you know, uh, but it was why comedians say college students can't take a joke, and I have to admit, I sort of sided with like Vice on it. For the most part, but I mean, I I can take a joke. Yeah. So you know, I know the difference. Yeah. But he was basically talking to a group of people that are in charge of planning events on this unnamed college campus. I think it was unnamed. I don't remember. Anyways, it was like these three people: a dude, a super butch lesbian. Nothing wrong with that. And, like, another female. These three basically were saying that it's their job to make sure that if they're going to book somebody, nobody in the audience will be triggered by anything that they're saying. You can never ensure that. They were like, if we come across a comedian... (laughs) that is in demand or that we enjoy and they have a a bit about transgender people or being transgender or a, an experience with bisexualism or blah 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 like whatever anything like that they are like we'll either ask them not to do that part of their routine or we just won't book them. And they're just like, we're creating a safe space for these college students and, you know, and all this stuff. And then the dude, like, and he's like, but don't you think that, like, comedians, you know, it's just like being on stage is almost like their therapy. They're working through their personal experiences. And shouldn't people be allowed to share their personal experiences? And I feel like these this this board 
were being like, not if it's going to trigger somebody else and re-traumatize them from being like raped four years ago. Comedy and, used to be all about triggering people. Yeah, that's the whole point. Comedy's offensive. Yeah, it's always. There's always a butt of the joke, no matter how clean it is. You're always poking fun at something. That's you know. That's you're. That's it. That's something, the whole thing. Something as simple as a knock knock joke is poking fun at the person who didn't see the joke coming. Yeah, it's taking you by surprise. That could be seen as a trigger. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know that was going to happen. It's like that's always that's always going to be a part of comedy. You know, if only George Carlin were around to see what's happened. They you know, interviewed it, a comedian. And, you know, they kept, they went back and forth. They did the committee, and then they interviewed a comedian. Yeah. And she was just like, I will not fucking perform at colleges. Yeah, even Jerry Seinfeld has said that. Yeah. If Jerry Seinfeld, who has, like, one of the cleanest acts in the history of comedy, won't perform at college campuses anymore, you know that shit's gotten really fucking yeah. weird. That's, that's where you it is You cannot spend every waking moment trying to protect everybody's feelings and it's not even a good strategy no because that doesn't help people move past trauma no protect trying to protect them from it because when you're not protecting them you're like by protecting them you're having them avoid it completely yeah instead of finding their inner strength to overcome it exactly now, i'm not going to downplay the uh the emotional like issues for lack of a better word i can't think of right now that like what comes along with being like sexually assaulted like that is fucked up it is that is super i I, I know people but you know what the reason and i know it's i don't i don't want to sound like well i have a black friend it's like no there's a couple people very very close to me who've been through some horrific things and um they're some of the strongest people i know and they have never played the victim card. And they're strong today because they never did. Right. It's if you try to if you try to to hide yourself away and avoid the problem forever, you never move past it. You yeah. never learn how to deal with it. And let's say you can create a perfectly safe environment on college campuses. You have to leave college sometime. Right. And then you get out in the real world. Hit, smacked in the face by the real world. Yeah. It doesn't give a shit about your feelings. Right. So it's a completely ineffective method of dealing with trauma. Yeah. But it's becomes, it makes people feel so good to feel like they're watching out for everyone else. You know? They're the and, goddamn social justice warriors. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 oh yeah. Yo, I'm, I'm so righteous. You know, I'm, I'm taking care of everyone else. And it's like, no, you're you're not helping them. You know, if, if only people could see that, I think it would be much better. And I'm not saying you should go out and try to try to incite uh, uncomfortable feelings or be an asshole just for fun. But it's like if you come up with a comedy set and it's part of your routine, like people can go and pay to watch it or they can stay home. Exactly. We don't need the police to just dis- bring. If you're gonna book comedians, instead of asking the comedian to compromise their art that they've worked on, if you're really like, if you really want to, if you really have to go there, 
book the comedian and then just put this comedian has a bit about being bisexual. Yeah. That may be a trigger for some of you. Come and see them or stay home. Well, and uh, the people that aren't going to be fucking triggered by it are going to pay the money to go. Well, it's the problem that I have with, like, Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. They took out one card that was, like, the card... You've played Cards Against Humanity before. I have. Like, they're, with the original set, it came with a card that said a passable tranny. And, like, they removed that card from the deck because people were mad about it. And they said it, it offended people. And it's like, oh, that 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 isn't good towards trans transgender people. And it's like, there's some vile shit in Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. Like, Holocaust jokes. Making fun of mass genocide that happened in real life. And it's like, you allow that to stay in. But this one card... No, we're going to take that out. And then we apologize and, and say, sorry, we hurt anyone's feelings. It's like the whole point of the game was to hurt everyone's feelings. Right. It's like there's a card that makes fun of every religion. There's a card that makes fun of every sexuality, every uh, every race. You know, it's all in there. But then it's like if you make enough of a fuss, then they just cave. And then you lose the like the uh, the entire foundation the game is built upon crumbles when you do that. Right. In my opinion. So, I don't know. I think it's silly. <sighs> so. Yeah. Man. Drunken rants, dude. How about that shit? How about that shit? I'm so glad I came over. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get... We're gonna get boycotted now. Fuck the people that boycott us. Like, yeah, that's all right. If you don't like yeah, it, don't listen to it. That's what I'm saying. I'm it's trying, like there are plenty you know, of people I disagree like with. I'm, but that's the thing is like the people I disagree with 100%, I would never want them to be silenced. Right. It's like I think your ideas suck. So let's talk about it because I feel like what I'm saying is going to best what you have to offer in the court of opinion. It's like, if we talk it out, um, I think that, that I have better ideas than you. And you can feel completely opposed to that, and you can try to convince me. And I feel like as long as you're being honest, then maybe you'll end up having your, your mind changed, you know? Right. But if, if... That's, you know, we've talked about it. That's the problem. Like, nobody is open to having their mind changed. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't particularly... In, in my experience and from my knowledge, from what I gather, I'm not like a particular, particularly a fan of Trump, you know, yeah. but like, thank God for you because you at least when you solidify your opinion, you are able to convey your opinion in a way where it's like, hey, this is how I feel. You don't have to feel the same way. But, like, just try thinking about this. And, like, if you change your mind, great. And if not, like, that's fine. But I just, like, this is, you know, this is how I feel. I have softened my view on Trump's 
politics. Yeah. Not him as a person. Right. I don't think that he's necessarily a person you want to model your personal life no. after. I've I've softened my Trump view only after talking to you. Like, I love my dad, but if you like say one bad thing about Republicans or something like that, he just gets really heated really quickly about well the media that's just fake they didn't they didn't actually blah 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 and and this is what really happened and you know trump's not that bad of a guy like i know yeah i know but he just gets really heated about politics and i don't and we don't bring it up around him and it's fine yeah that's why like i you know that's but i have definitely lessened my hatred after talking to you, I mean, I'm a classic fence sitter. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, it's not like I was gung-ho from day one. Right, no. I voted weren't. for Bernie in the primaries. You've done your fucking research, though. Yeah. You I just fucking go. sat down and you were like, let me really go over what's happening right now in this country. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the the points that are important to me, I feel like we're, we're being hit by a particular side. And it's like. Not everyone is going to share my values. So, right. you know, um, it's not it's not even a, an issue of just uh, me trying to present logical points to someone. It's like we might be viewing the world completely from totally different perspectives. Um, but at the very least, I think people should be able to uh, to talk about their differences as opposed to just shutting down you everyone have to believe what i believe yeah. or else fuck you and it's like if you are if you're anywhere to the right of where i stand then you're just a nazi and a horrible person and it's like what well, the the opposite would be for me to say well if you're if you're to the left of me then you're like a communist right and 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 you're gonna put everyone in gulags tomorrow or, or in in camps you know if they don't agree with you i i don't think that's the case there's room for people to disagree, but we've gotten to such a place where it's almost impossible now, you know, which is why I feel like I'm more inclined to speak up at this point because I feel like the people who know me think I'm a pretty decent guy. Yeah. You know, they know what I'm about. So it's like, oh, well, if, if that guy kind of supports Trump, then maybe not every Trump supporter is like a Nazi scumbag, you know, maybe there are different reasons why people might be on that side of the, of the uh, the argument you mm-hmm. know not because they think Donald Trump is a savior sent from God who's like a model human being but it's like maybe I just think his policies are better than than what the other side was presenting right so but it's so tough to have that talk now right because all people focus on is like really his really his personal life yeah that's all people are concerned about mm-hmm you know yeah and what he says sometimes what he says versus what he does yeah are two completely different things and no one's used to a president being on twitter you know and, right and like, i mean like obama was there but but even then it's like i feel like the the landscape of things has changed so drastically just in the past two years you know uh i feel like things are so much more volatile now and you know, there's just the, uh, the whole social justice thing, people getting so just out of their minds over the smallest issues. 
It's just, it's crazy. It's too much, man. And I feel like an old fogey, like, being like, God damn, like, we didn't worry about all this stuff when we were kids. Yeah, I know. You know, but that's, it's the truth. Like, I don't know if I'll ever understand it the way other people understand it. You know what I mean? Like... You know, the same way, like, my grandma doesn't fucking understand how to use a cell phone. Yeah. But I picked it up fairly quickly, like, within a day, within a couple hours. I was like, okay, this is how you use it. You know? It's like, with the whole social justice thing, there are probably people older than me that, you know, champion that shit. Or they make it their life's mission to be a social justice warrior. Like, I, I get that. But... The way I was raised and uh, the people I was around and, like, all of that kind of stuff, you know, I was just raised, just be a nice person. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I just don't, I don't understand the, the intensity of of the social justice warriors. Like, it's fucking calm down, dude. Like, <laughs> well, it's like the, the chick on like the H3 video, like screaming at, uh, humongous. Yeah. You know, where she's like, what's your name? And he's like, humongous. He's like, humongous. What? Yeah. Humongous. What? You know, and this man just sexually abused me, you know, and all this shit. And it's like, and she ends up being the one like thrown out of the place that they're in. Yeah. Yeah. Because the guy made a, a silly joke, like a dad joke. It's like, no, that's not. And the problem is, when you equate that to sexual abuse, you lessen the impact of real sexual abuse. Yeah. Because you've brought saying a silly joke to the same level of actually raping someone. And they're absolutely not the same. No. And that's one of those things where people talk about, like... Um, microaggressions it's like oh it's a microaggression it's like no it's a dad joke yeah. it's silly if yeah. she, if you don't like it if she would have just walked away it would have just been like oh oh you told a stupid joke you know he's a cheesy it's just a cheesy guy at like a city council meeting making a silly joke yeah. that you could have just laughed at i thought it's kind of silly you know that's the i feel like that's the appropriate reaction i think ethan does it on the uh on the video, he was like, "Oh, what would you say? What would you say if if you walked up and asked him if his, what his name was, and he said humongous? And it's like, what what would a proper reaction be? Yeah, it's like it's not that funny. Yeah, it's just kind of like <laughs> humongous. Funny. A chortle, maybe. <laughs> a chortle. A hard blow of air through the nostrils, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But really, what's your name? Yeah, not." fly off the handles and get kicked out of a building because this man's just sexually assaulted you. It's like, no, that's not... It, and, and anyone who's been sexually assaulted, I feel like, would probably take issue with that and say... I would hope. I would hope so, yeah. They would be like, that's... No. Sorry. You don't know what it's like. That is not sexual assault. Right. Try getting cornered you know, in a dark alley or, or grabbed on the way to your car when you're walking through the parking lot or something, you know, and having your life flash before your eyes. <laughs> uh, 
not have someone uh, recite a silly uh, dad joke to you when you're walking through a building with a lot of other people around. And it's just... I don't know. <clears throat> I'm gonna pass the uh, the floor to you for a second because I gotta hit the restroom. I knew it. <gasps> I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> ah, okay. I um, I don't even know what to say. God. To the, f the but the floor. To have the floor. There's this uh, comic book coming out. Oh, it's out now. Holy shit. I need to go to the comic shop. Okay, so my favorite fucking comic book artist ever. Um, Trad Moore. That's T-R-A-D-D -D Moore. Um, he's, like, just amazing. He... He's able to convey motion in... In, like, I'm sorry, guys. I, this beer, I haven't eaten anything today, and this beer is, like, really fucking with me. Anyways, Tradmore is able to convey motion in a 2D, like, s stagnant piece of art in a way that no other artist is able to do, I at least in comics. Um... Look him up on Instagram. Look at his work. You can find his work in books such as uh, anything from the Luther Strode series from Image, which would be The Strange Talent of Luther Strode, The Legend of Luther Strode, and The Legacy of Luther Strode. Uh, just incredible fluid motion throughout all of those comics. I was I didn't know what to like talk about and uh, I opened up Instagram and the first first post here is a picture from Trad Moore mm -hmm. and uh, his new comic The New World is out now hmm. and I need to go pick it up and I was just uh, I was just describing how Trad Moore is able to convey sort of uh, fluid motion in a in a two D you know stagnant art form yeah better than any other comic artist i know yeah his stuff is just it what, is, what else has he worked on um he did the luther strode series which was written by justin jordan there's three six issue parts to it so it's i just i just went over this but it's the strange talent of luther strode the legacy of Luther Strode, or I'm sorry, the legend of Luther Strode, and then the legacy of Luther Strode. Um, basically, the series is about a scrawny kid that becomes a superhero. No, yeah. uh, but it's very violent, very bloody. Um, but the fight scenes in it are just incredible because, as I said, Trad Moore just has such a f fluidity to the way he draws. Uh, that everything just like waves across the page and it's incredible. Um, he also did Venom 150, like the 150th issue of Venom. 
that was like commemorative, you know, obviously. Um, what else has he done? He does a lot of variant covers. There's a seven to eternity variant cover that he did. Um, there's, I have a Deadpool variant of his, lots of stuff like that. But as far as full comics go, um, he did one issue of zero for image, which I don't think runs anymore. Uh, what the fuck else do I have signed by him? I don't know. I think as far as full series go, he's really only done Luther Strode. Completely. The New World is like his new series. So I would like to... I very much need to grab that. Because his art is... It's just phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I would love to meet him, but he is very shy. Oh. Kind of a shut-in. Doesn't go to conventions very often. The only reason I have a number of things signed by him... He did the first couple issues of the all-new Ghost Rider series, oh. where Robbie Rodriguez was Ghost Rider instead of Johnny Blaze. Mm -hmm. He did that. Anyways, he uh, is kind of a shut-in, and the only reason I have some signatures of his is because my friend Michael, who I probably haven't talked about in quite a while, did a action figure variant cover for Luther Strode. And when Legacy of Luther Strode was uh, coming out, he went to the issue one release party at Third Eye Comics in like Illinois or something like that. And uh, Trad and Justin Jordan, the writer, were there. So I, he graciously, I gave him a number of comics that I had and he took them with him and had Trad sign them for me. As well as Justin. Hmm. That's cool. He's very nice, but his work is phenomenal. I was just thinking recently about uh, starting to write an outline for a <clears throat> a lethal ass kicker comic. Yes, yes. Versus the predator. Maybe the predator could make an appearance an at appearance. some point. Yeah, but just a lethal ass kicker comic. Yes. And then, yeah, I was thinking that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be very cool. I would love to see a Lethal Ass Kicker comic. We could, we could come up with exploits of the Lethal Ass Kicker before uh, movie number six over there. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, what if, yeah, yeah, do a graphic novel for every lethal ass kicker yes. up to lethal ass kicker six. six and then the video what would the predator doesn't need to appear the video for ass kicker uh six is the graphic novel you know what i'm trying to say the video for the predator mm -hmm. is the graphic novel of ass kicker six i feel like that would be ass kicker seven seven because he's pulled out of Lethal Ass Kicker 6. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Yes. But yes, the video for The Predator is Ass Kicker 7. Yeah. So we need six graphic novels leading up to yeah. The Predator, where he faces The Predator. The Predator could make an appearance. He could be like the the arching, the overarching baddie. 
mm-hmm. of all the graphic novels. But he's pulled out a different videotape. He has pulled out a different video. They're not the same videotape. So. No, that's fine. We Lethal Ass Kicker can just be, uh, you know. He only meets the Predator in Lethal in Ass Kicker 7. seven. Yeah, that's cool. Where you find out, because like, it's almost like Wes Craven's New Nightmare, where it's for yeah. Lethal Ass Kicker 1 through 6. It's just him and his world. And then you find out the entire time, all of the Lethal Ass Kicker movies have, or all the Lethal Ass Kicker graphic novels have actually been movies. Yes. And then he's pulled out of his movie in Lethal Ass Kicker 7. And that's our music video yeah, for The I'm Predator. Yeah. And maybe. Maybe we can keep going with it. There could be a Lethal Ass Kicker 8. We need to have a song on our next album that's called Lethal Ass Kicker 8. Or would it be 7? No, because 7's the Predator. 7 is the Predator. Okay. Right? Yeah. That's what we're getting at, right? Yeah. So 7 is the Predator. 7, 8 is what happens after the Predator. After the Predator. So uh, you're tasked, we are tasked with writing a follow-up song to the predator in spirit a spiritual successor and it's going to be called lethal ass kicker eight i'm into that like, absolutely yeah i'm so into that yeah it's where we we have to build this channel the youtube channel up to where we have lots of support and then we can launch our own indiegogo campaign like hey guys we are launching our very own comic book based on lethal ass kicker yeah that would be amazing maybe santino could draw it too maybe yeah that would be cool because his storyboards were really good Mm -hmm. then we just have to find a colorist oh but this is making me think of our video and i'm so it's just it's it's gonna be so long but i want you to see it i want you people to see our video uh yeah it's gonna be really good I, I feel bad because I feel like we kind of hyped it up uh, on social media and it's taking like far longer than we expected. That's okay. We'll continue hyping it. Yeah. And it'll come. It'll be here. It'll be here. Santino's working on it. Yep. Not Santana. Santino. No, not Santino. Not, not Santana, yes. Yeah, Santino. Not, not Carlos Santino. Not Carlos Santino. <laughs> Carlos Santino. <laughs> Simply Just, Santino. Simply Santino. He's uh, he's working on it, and it's, man, I feel like we just gave him a great comic book artist name. Carlos Santino. No, simply Santino. Simply Santino. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, we should force him when he draws our comics. We should be like, okay, but you have to put your name as Simply Santino <laughs> on on the cover. The cover of it is simply Santino. Yeah. We could do a limited series. We could do a six issue run of Lethal Ass Kicker and Or we could do a graphic novel. Or a graphic novel follow and go... the follow the, the Van Skyver method. He's yeah. doing like a forty eight page Yeah. Four well it's uh Cyberfrog is gonna be four parts and each one is forty eight pages. So we could do like a forty eight page per Lethal Ass Kicker movie. And fucking sell them at Comic-Cons and also sell our music. Yeah, man. But Red Hot, what were they called? Red Hot Riot? Red something. Red Rebellion? Hot Rebellion. Yeah. Right? 
they were a band. Yeah. You know, they're local. Mm-hmm. Um, they were featured on the same radio station we were featured on. I think it was Red Hot Rebellion. They had a fucking comic, because I saw them at Comic-Con. Really? And I was like, yo! And they were like, hey, we're selling this comic with our CD, like, in it. Like, we should fucking do it, man. I think Lethal Ass Kicker could be huge. Lethal Ass Kicker could be huge. Just, just classic comic book. Yeah. Not, we're just, no politics, no, no bullshit. No politics, no bullshit, no romance, no, like, just existentialism. Just, like, a fucking dude kicking ass. Yeah. Lots of fight sequences. Constantly. Yeah. Blowing shit up. Like, like maybe, maybe he, like, has a girlfriend that he barely sees, and yeah. that's, like, two pages of just, like... Hey baby, and then they're like fuck, and then he's just like, I gotta go. She could get kidnapped. She could get kidnapped that's a, good, that's a, a good number story. of times. Yeah, you know that's a classic. But story. the whole thing is just him just kicking ass. Every page is just a huge fight scene of him kicking ass. Lethal ass kicker. I fucking love it. <laughs> I love it. I think we will get to work on that. I'm gonna have to get in touch with Zach and see if Santino would be down. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. So. <sighs> Alright, so. Uh, that's about an hour and a half. It's a 90 minute episode. Yeah, yeah! God, I'm so drunk. You're so, so drunk? A little bit. We probably should, um, like, go get food or something. You think so? Yeah, before I go home. Well, do you have to work tomorrow? Yeah. What time? Nine, ten. Nine. Nothing, nothing crazy. I've, I think I have two more beers in the fridge. Do you want to finish those off? Yeah, we can finish those. Okay. I'm going to need, I just, I, you know, like, I hate being that guy now because I have a friend who's kind of like this. Which guy? I'm going to tell you. Okay. I have a friend who's like this and I'm always kind of just like, <laughs> Come on. I have a dog. Mm, yeah. And I, I'm i down. Like, let's finish another beer. Let's go get food together. I'm 100% down. He was out of the cage for a while today. I went home at like 5 o'clock and he was out for like 3-4 hours. It's all good, but I'm just like... I hate being that guy, but I'm all, but I, I, sometimes I have to be like, I have to go home to my dog because I can't leave him in the cage for 12 hours, you know? I understand. I know. I get it. Just, it always pissed me off when my friend was like, I really want to come to your show, but I have to get the dog. Well, <laughs> kiss me. I was going to It's fine. We're still going to hang out. He said Jar Jar Binks. He said Jar Jar Binks. So. Alright. So many people have blown up my phone during this cast. Getting blown up, huh? I am getting blown up. <sighs> this, was, uh, this was good, though. We, we covered a lot of ground here. Yeah, we did. Um, I can't even remember what we covered. It's, I can't. I, so it much. makes me excited to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, it makes me excited to listen to this podcast. You know, the only podcast I listen to is ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I listen to, here's a plug. Sometimes I listen to Murder and Such, mm. which uh, 
my friend Haley is a co-host on and every episode they profile a serial killer. Mm. Um, so that's very interesting. You know, it's funny. What? Uh, you know, Adam Carolla. Yes. I was watching uh, a thing where he was giving like basically like a course on podcasting, you know, and there was a, another lady, I can't remember her name. Um, but she does a podcast on the same network as him. Okay. And and he did like a kind of, it was kind of a short comedy bit, you know, mm-hmm. because he's a comedian, you know. But he was talking about how like um it's like overwhelmingly men are as far as like serial killers go, overwhelmingly they're men. Yeah. It's almost always a male that's a serial killer. Oh yeah, I believe it. But this girl that was there with him, she does a podcast about serial killers with another woman. And he was like, but oddly enough, like women will just line up to, to learn about serial killers and men who have just butchered women with reckless abandon. And it's like, and he kind of looks over at her and like everyone laughs because she does a podcast about, serial killers and it's like if you look at like podcasts about serial killers it's like it's like a bunch of women talking about them all the time and it's like a weird thing it's like what's your fascination with these guys who just want to kill women it's a weird weird psychological thing wasn't it uh wasn't it bundy that got a bunch of love letters in jail uh i think a lot of them do like uh, Charles Manson had like a slew of women, even though right. he never, he never committed murder, he never committed, but he, he influenced, yeah. he influenced many, yeah. many a murder. Yeah. But it's like a weird thing. Like, I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's like a survival technique. Like they want to, they're trying to gather as much information as possible to like, so they know what to look for. Yeah. It's like subconsciously if they pick up on these signs and it's yeah. like, uh, shouldn't go home with this guy ladies uh i'm not a serial killer and i'm single so that's that's good yeah that's a good I combo kill you that's a good combo single and not a killer yeah yeah so it's probably i mean statistically it's probably the best combo oh i think so yeah yeah look for bender look for me He's not a serial killer and and I'm single. Yeah, both both things are happening right now. Great stuff. Great stuff. So should we end the cast on that fact? I think so. Factoid. Not a factoid. What's the difference? No one knows this for some reason, but a factoid. Uh huh. The definition of factoid is something that a lot of people think is a fact, but it's actually not. I learned that a while ago. Really? Because it gets used often as like a, like a little fact. Like here's a, here's a, what would they call it? Like a, a fun fact. Yeah. Here's a fun fact, but it's not a fun fact. You're going to answer on the cast? That's what happens. That's, that's, that's tradition. What, that's, the, that's the deal. Hello, you are on the Super Dwarf Supercast. Hi. Who's calling? Hello. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm sorry, my mom was leaving. She said thanks, so I said you're welcome. Okay. I, I was going to be on the supercast. I had to say something intelligent. Yep, you're on the supercast. Oh, well, that's great. That's great news. Yeah. Hi, Jess. Well, 
you say hi? Yeah. I did. Bender said hi. Hi, Bender. It's hard to hear him. Bender is not a serial killer. And I'm single. And he's single. Yeah. We're trying did to... we think he was a serial killer? Was that up for grabs? No, we we're just talking about uh, serial killers and the fact that he's not one. And, and he's how still women single. are obsessed with serial killers. Yeah, women women seem to be obsessed with them. Especially, and this another thing is like, how many women watch like SVU and like CSI? So many. And I'm Criminal not Minds. One of those women. Oh yeah. No, no. no you, we know <laughs> you're not obsessed watch. with serial killers. No, she watches those shows all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to come However, up with a theory. Wanna, Hold on. I wouldn't want to date one. No, of course not. But we're trying to. I said my theory is that women are so infatuated with that stuff because they're trying to uh, subconsciously gather intel on how to do it. Not how to. No, not how. No, to, how to avoid it. How to avoid it. Like if. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. So like if I thought you, you meant they were trying to learn how to be serial killers. No, 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 no. It's like an evolutionary tactic. Like if they learn a lot about serial well, killers. Well, yeah, you learn about like you know what they what their tricks are. Yeah. And how to avoid that? You remember the night that the, the old veteran man came to our door with his with his his very sweet his sweet demeanor. Yeah. Yeah. So classic tactic for a home invasion mm-hmm. i'll have to tell bender about that he doesn't know about that yet i don't know about that yet oh well lucky for us it didn't it wasn't a tactic but you can never be too careful that's right um well i'm home i was just gonna see if you'd help me carry some things but i think i can manage it so oh enjoy your podcast we're uh, almost done we're yeah. just we're about to do the outro and intro okay well i'll see you inside okay Goodbye. Bye. All right, so stick around for the outro to hear my uh, my spooky story about uh, a man who visited our home very late in the night. Enjoy, chefs. Okay. That was episode number 93 of a uh, rousing Super Divorce Supercast. Quite rousing. I, I feel like, uh, and it's fine, we got a little heated at one point, you know? At a not couple with, points, maybe. Not with each other. Not with each other, just no. like, very heated at the topic, you know, like, fuck this, man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I think so. So, uh... Hopefully that was okay with you, you know. I feel like that's good sometimes, you know. It's all right. Yeah. By the way, I don't know why, but your 28 Weeks Later poster made me think of it. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for Godzilla, King of the Monsters? Not yet. We're watching it, like, as soon as this is over. We need to wrap this up so we can watch this trailer. Well, I just uh, just thought of something, too. Um, Did we talk about Shazam? Yeah, did we talk about no, that? No, I think they're. I, I'm more excited for Aquaman. I think Shazam is like a totally, it's a left field. Yeah. For DC Universe, mm-hmm. so being a left field, it's either gonna be amazing or it's gonna flop. Like I'm not really sure. I could be wrong, but I'm just saying. I I'm think, just saying. I'm just I'm saying. Just saying. I'm just saying, I think 
I think DC is going to go viral with this one. With Shazam? Yeah. I think it's going to be their best movie. Not ever, but I think it's going to be their... So far. I think it's going to be their best since Christopher Nolan. Okay. That's what I think. We'll see. I mean, I... I think they're going viral with I think they are with Shazam because they did an Aquaman trailer and a Shazam trailer at SDCC. I think Aquaman... I I want to see it. Do you? I I watched the Aquaman trailer and I was like, okay, could be cool. They're doing Black Manta right. It looks like, you know. However, we've been through this before, DC. We've seen your fucking amazing trailers. We've seen your incredible promotion. And then what happens? The movie sucks balls. You know what would have made me more excited for Aquaman? No, Mm -hmm. I don't. If uh, they would have gotten Roman Reigns to play Aquaman. (laughs) Instead of Jason Momoa, Roman Reigns is Aquaman. (laughs) Because, like, everyone knows Aquaman is, like, the shittiest Justice League member. Yeah. And Roman Reigns is the shittiest Raw member. But it's like... As um, I don't I don't watch Game of Thrones, so <laughs> yeah. so I don't I, I I like don't really care about Jason Momoa. Yeah. Every time I see him, I just think of Roman Reigns. Uh, yeah, and I'm I just like that. I'm just like they should have just put Roman Reigns in there. I mean, he's going over. He's always going over. Always. He's always literally going to win. always. Yeah, they they really should have pushed harder for Roman Reigns as Aquaman. That's Maybe he'll be. Maybe he'll be Aquaman in uh in in part two. Yeah. When Jason Momoa moves on to like bigger and better things. Kinda like what happened to The Rock. Mm-hmm. It was like he jumped into the uh mummy series and now he's like the highest paid actor in the world. Oh yeah, he was the Scorpion King. Yeah. Maybe that'll be Roman. Yeah. Has he been in a movie yet? I don't think so. He should be. He should be in Marine 7. Yeah, maybe he will be the Marine in Marine 7. Though, I want to watch the one with uh, Dean Ambrose. Yeah. I feel like that would be fun to watch well, for think, some reason. I uh, think, wasn't um, Miz the Marine mm-hmm. at 1.2? I'd watch that. Yeah. I love Miz. Do you? Yeah. I mean, my opinion of him is very heavily based on his off-screen antics. Yeah. Because, you know, we watched a lot of Divas... And he's got a show coming out with uh, Ms. and Mrs. Yes. Genius title, by yeah. the way. Like, yeah. fuck yeah, marketing. Like, that was that was perfect. But what's what's his wife's name? Maurice. Maurice, that's yeah. right. Yeah, Ms. and Maurice, a show just about those two. Like, they're the best part of Divas, hands down. And Ms. is just... He's just hilarious, and he loves her so much. You know, I'm so ex- I'm super excited for that. But I would love to watch the Marine with Miz in it. Yeah, I love Miz. I think Bo Dallas is in the one with the Miz. He's but he's part of the Miz Taraj, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. he used to be. Used to be right. Now yeah. they've they've split because of the the superstar shakeup. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I know. I'm right there. You got it. I got it. Yeah. I, got, I know what you're talking about. Real quick, 
if you were to cast one WWE superstars Thrawn, who would it be? As Thrawn? Bender looks very confused right now. He's so he's so intellectual. Yeah. I want I really like I want to say Elias. This <laughs> 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 is like I feel like he could pull it off really well. Um and also uh Rusev's partner, who's Aiden English? Aiden English. Yeah, you think he could he could play Thrawn? I just well? like I hate Aiden English. Yeah. But I he might be able to do it well. He kind of has the the look i mean obviously you're going heavy makeup yeah you know um so physical appearance is not necessarily a factor uh it's more about the if you're talking like is the superstar going to be in costume as thrawn yeah then I think I really think like Aiden English would be solid as Thrawn. That's a he, hot. He has that like Peter Cushing type look. Yeah. And Thrawn is a Grand Admiral. Um, I don't know what I don't know what. Uh, oh, so um, Tarkin was a Grand Moff. Mm-hmm. You know, Thrawn is a Grand Admiral. So what is a Moff? Good question. I don't fucking know. You Let's know? ask Andrew. Okay. Yeah, we'll ask Andrew. Uh, but not only was Thrawn an admiral, but he was a secret admiral mm. in the Emperor's Armada. I really think uh, Aiden English physically has that build. You know, he has that Peter Cushing look. Thrawn kind of has that Peter Cushing look. Uh, where they're just like narrow and intelligent, you know, they're not, they're not physical fighters. They're not, you know, they're thinkers, thinkers. I I know we don't want the outro to go too long, but, uh, if you were to cast triple H in the star Wars universe, who would you make him? Which character would you have portrayed by triple H? Triple H. It could be uh, it could be Legends too. Uh, you don't have to confine yourself to the new canon. If there's someone who comes to mind, I don't know if that came across the microphone. I just smacked it. Um, Kyle Katarn. Hmm. Who is that again? He is the main character in the Jedi Outcast series. Okay. He has a goatee. Oh, well. So, you that know, works. Triple H. Yeah. You know. Um, there is a particular Jedi in the EU. I cannot remember his name for the life of me. The book that he is featured in is called I Jedi. I comma Jedi. Uh, 
I cannot fucking remember his name. Triple H could potentially portray him as well. Is he a... No. No, he's not... He's not super, super muscular, but he's... uh, I, I still think it could work. Okay. You know? Especially, like, beneath Jedi robes. Mm-hmm. Um... I somehow feel like Kyle Katarn would be, or or if they ever made a movie where Dash Rendar was a character, Triple H could be Dash Rendar in a heartbeat, hmm. easily. Okay, easily. I I want I'm going to change my answer. <laughs> Triple H should portray Dash Rendar. Okay, in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. So uh, let us know how you guys feel about that. Yeah. Triple H's Dash Rendar. And Aiden English as Grand Admiral Thrawn. Oh yeah, I'm into that. And uh, let us know if you if you're and across... Shinsuke Nakamura as Baze Malbus. <laughs> Who's Baze Malbus? I don't know this. He character. was the Asian dude in Rebel or Rogue One. Okay. I need to uh, yeah. I'll be getting back to that. Yeah, you'll I've be, only you'll seen it the one time. Yeah. Nakamura could definitely play Baze. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Let us know what you think. If you are a crossover wrestling slash Star Wars fan, if you have any good ideas as to WWE superstars who could play Star Wars characters, please go ahead and leave them in the comments. Um, And of course, while you're here listening, if you're listening on YouTube, uh, subscribe, like this video, comment on it. We always comment back. Share. Get your buddies to join in the fun. Uh, We do a live video every day at the very least. And, uh, and we like to have a good time chatting with our friends. So, um, everyone, thank you very much. Uh, follow me, please, on Twitter, at Nicholas Villars. Same deal on Instagram. I get on there as well. Bender? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, at BenderButt. And please go to Facebook.com and type in the search bar, Monday Monster Movies, and like our page, uh... It was part of Super Divorce YouTube. Kind of have our own thing now, but you know I'm still in it, and it's still uh, something that I very am very passionate about. So uh, watch horror movies with me and my mom. Yeah, Monday Monster movies. Check them out. All right, chefs. Um, until next time. Please look forward to the next episode, and uh, enjoy, chefs. Super Divorce.